This is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, and notifier button so you can be aware whenever a new episode is available. Also, leave a comment and a review. We would really appreciate that. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Good morning, everybody. This is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. My name is Scott Schweitzer, my co-host Kat Shear, and we have a very special friend joining us this morning, Andre Houdet. Andre, for how having are me. you? Very good, very good. And you guys? Yes, we are doing awesome. Uh, it's okay. been a fun, fun couple weeks. Um, you didn't, we Scott. You didn't say you didn't say Houdet the way you usually say Houdet when we talk about Andre. So I, I live in Ohio here in, uh, in the States and the Cincinnati Bengals are just down the road. And do you know their chant? Mm-hmm. Who did? No. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's what, yeah, that's cool. And it's a, it's a, it's a, cool. it's a play on words of who are they? Who did? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's, that's honestly how I tell your people name. to pronounce my name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, the easiest so way to go for here, it. We always say, Andre Houdet. <laughs> Thank so, you for sharing that. Nice. I wanted to make sure Andre knew that. Yeah, because I actually picked you for my fantasy CrossFit uh, in the final week of the semifinals, and that's how I picked you during our uh, our draft. <laughs> it's very that's cool. Well, I like that. So, uh, Andre, you it's really cool. You kind of – on your Instagram, you say you're a two slash three time CrossFit Games athlete. So that slash three, I'm assuming, is the 2020 debacle of a season. Yeah, in 2020, I um, I was planning to try to qualify through the sanctional system. So either you were the national champ, qualify individually through the sanctional system. And I was seven seconds from winning the, the national champ across the five workouts. So it was a really close race. So after I lost that, I just booked literally every sanctional event. And I was like, I'm going to start with the first one and I'm going to keep showing up until I win one. And um, it got pretty close a few times. Then unfortunately, Corona happened. Um, but before that, the gym I was training in, they asked me if... I wanted to join their team because they're trying to make qualify a team for the CrossFit Games. And they kind of needed a guy who could stand in because they hadn't really found the, the full team yet. But they saw an opportunity with going to China because there wasn't a lot of strong teams going. So we kind of made a deal that if I helped them qualify, they would support me individually for the rest of the season. Um, so we went to China uh, with the team and uh, we won that. So that that gave us a games ticket. That's why in 2020, qualified for the games as a team. Um, and that's why it's kind of in brackets. So, yeah. Mm. And if you if you had become national champion that year, it wouldn't have mattered. No. Right. I mean, it w- you wouldn't have gone anyway. So it's kind of good that you that's didn't. That's true. Yeah. Then you'd never you wouldn't be able to put that three there at all. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, <clears throat> and it was really unfortunate because I had. I had a pretty close race in, in England, the final competition right before the lockdown. And I, I, it was just the final event it all came down to. If I could pull like a top three, I would qualify for the games. And I didn't, um, which was unfortunate. But anyways, that year was just it was a crazy year. 
with Corona and everything. As we, uh, we've been talking to all the European athletes, you're the first that we have talked to that played American football. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, and so I was looking at what position did you play? First of all, I played safety. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then I read that you actually came to the States with hopes of like pursuing a career in the NFL. Yeah, that was kind of my dream when I was when I was younger. I started playing football when I was eleven. Um, we had a pretty like the the best American football team was was really close to where I lived, and I used to play soccer and I used to swim and a lot of other sports. <clears throat> and there was one thing that kind of happened with the soccer team, which which kind of made me a little bit lose interest or. Like I had a really good season when I was 10 years old and I definitely thought that back then I was going to go pro in soccer. Um, but a lot of things happened. And anyways, there was uh, there was an opportunity with American football and they kind of hosted these tryouts and I showed up and, and I had a natural itch for hitting people, I assume, or they, they were pretty <laughs> excited about that part. And they told me to come to the, they told me to keep coming back. And the trios was like every spring, summer, winter, and autumn. And I kept doing them while I was playing soccer on the side. And, and one day I just decided that, you know, I, I wanted to change sports. And so I changed to American football. And like with most other things that I do, you know, it's, it's kind of all in. And so it was natural for me to just think I want to go to the NFL because that's, that's, the, that's the pinnacle of the sport. Um, and I was lucky to play for, for one of the bigger clubs. Like we had 50 people on our youth team. Um, so it was a pretty big roster for, you know, a Danish American football team. We had full squad on offense, defense, special teams. We didn't need any, we didn't need anybody to play both ways and (coughs) excuse me. And, um, and so, yeah, so I was kind of all in on that. And we also have the national team which I played for as well. And um, there I was the speaking captain. And through a European tournament, I got selected to go to something they call Team World. So I don't know if this still exists, but they used to set up like a world team that would play Team USA. So the best like youth players from all over the world outside of America would meet up at the IMG Academy in Florida which is like a sports center for, I mean, now they have like high school football and it's, it's like a dream, dream setup for, for any athlete really. And, um, and that's also kind of a way to, to scout European players or that's how it used to be. Now they have the European pathway for NFL, which mm. is, which is makes it a lot easier to, yeah, to be able to send film and those kind of things uh, because they, they don't really, believe european film um simply because they can't really estimate what the level is so you you know if you're the running back and you score a touchdown every time you touch the ball it it doesn't really matter too much because they don't really have too much credibility in terms of how good is the defense and how good are the teams and um i also moved to america for a year to to play i mean i i did an exchange year and hoped i would end up at a good high school to try to kind of get my way through there and eventually maybe stay in America if there was any good opportunities and it didn't work out. I've never really been 
that talented of a player and physically gifted, never any insane, you know, 40 yard dash or 225 bench test or, or something like that. And you know how it is in America. And we're not used to this in Europe the same way. It's like in America, there's tons of people. So when you select players, you know, you can, you can already just kind of make a, a quick cut through by looking at 40 yard dash, like all the stats rather than like looking at, before you look at game film, you'll always look at, I mean, because you have so many to select through. So of course you just want to have the biggest and fastest and then you can look at the other things afterwards. And I've never really had any of that. I felt like I had a lot of the other part and that's also why I played safety. I think it's a position where of course you have to be physically uh, brewed and fast and, and all of those things, but it's not, I would say it's maybe the least position where you need to be those things because if you can read a play well, you can be at the right place, you can make sure you take the right angle to hit the wide receiver at that spot or read the offense and those kind of things. It's a little bit the quarterback of, of, of the defense, I would say. You guys will know that. Um, yeah. So I, I also specialized as a long snapper because I thought it would be a bigger chance if I was great at snapping as well. Um, maybe I could be like a dual dual kind of position um but long long story short when i went to america for the img academy i got super sick and i never en ended up getting cleared to play and then i came back to denmark continued to play um but eventually you know i was 19 years old and i wasn't playing college football and <clears throat> i also wasn't really ready to to sacrifice it all to try to go to college pay my way through and and move away from my family and everything when I knew the chances were very, very slim. And it takes a lot for me to, to not go for something where the chances are slim. But this felt like there had barely been any European players in the NFL by that time, unless it was a kicker. And so it just felt like it was really, really a long shot. And I wasn't that talented. Um, and I knew that. And... Uh, and yeah, so so that's kind of the story with with American football. Yeah, and it's funny you said like that the we don't trust a European film in 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 the NFL. It's kind of like the American film in the open. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a joke. Just a joke. Yeah, okay. With all the Hiller stuff going on and uh the critiques. All the no um, reps, yeah. Yeah, he's been busy. Yeah, so so you um you realize that that, that this is not in the, the cards. So was CrossFit what you found to fill the competition gap? Exactly. So we had one guy who played on the same in the same club as me and when I was 9 when I was 20, I moved up to our like our senior team so you advance from the youth teams and one of the guys who played on that team was Frederick Gideus <clears throat> which is five times games athlete and the husband of of Annie Thor's daughter and so we start training some CrossFit in the off season so my first like senior season we start doing a lot of CrossFit in the off season and I just really fell in love with the with the training part of it and this has happened to me before with other sports where I love the training a bit more than I love the sport in itself. When I, when I lived in America, I also did grappling for a season. And I really loved just the, 
the, the training aspect of it. And, um, and I, I felt like this again with, when I discovered CrossFit and I realized that I didn't really need a whole team to rely on. And once you move on to the senior teams, it's not that it's less serious because those guys are really, really good as well. But it's just a different vibe. It's grown-up men who has kids and full-time jobs. And, and you know, they might have a beer on the way home from a, from a football game. And, and, and I was just way, way too, um, like, serious and square when it comes to those things. So, so I just saw that as an opportunity. And... And I start seeing regionals happen a few months later in Copenhagen. So I went to watch that, and that was in 2014. And after watching that, I was like, this is it. I want to I be on that floor. I'll do whatever it takes. And, um, and that was also in the middle of my senior year in, a, in gymnasium, which is kind of our high school or like in between high school and, and college. And after I did my first CrossFit class, I was just like, the all in on this. I will not go to a single party from here. Not that I was a big party party guy before at all, but you know, it's just part of youth, right? And and in Denmark, there's quite a big party culture. So like not touching alcohol or anything like that was like a shock to all my friends. Um, but I was just I was just really focused on I wanted to do really well in CrossFit and I started competing and I start just you know nailing down all the things i needed to got some good guidance from some good coaches i i was to live there for a year because i'm half french that wasn't regards to crossfit but it just kind of happened and and that's where everything kind of started for me and i haven't really looked back since pretty much all my plans of going to business and all that stuff just i just put that behind me i was like this is it I love the sport. I love coaching. I took my level one. I was completely sold in the mythology and making an impact on other people. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And seven years later or eight years later, I'm still here. And I, I feel like I'm just getting started. Um, I know that, that at one point you were training with your brother and something happened there where you lost him. And it made you like focus on a goal for him. Can mm. you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So when I started CrossFit, my brother got really involved because uh, he also loves sports, and he was just he was just super big fan of watching, and he was also into it himself at the same level. Um, so he became became like my support person uh, the first few years uh, when I started CrossFit in 2014, 2015. And he would travel with me for my first competitions and just be that support person. And he, he believed in me like, like a lot. And it's not like he didn't do that in the past, but we never really had that type of bond that we created uh, when I started CrossFit. It was kind of strange, not strange, but we just became very, very close from that. Also, at that stage, we're both grown up and, you know, we would both know we were heading in life. And yeah, we really bonded over this. And so I, I managed to qualify for a really big competition. It was like 100 athletes that qualified. And I qualified as like, I basically got some backfilling spots because I finished like 101st on the leaderboard. We went to this big competition. It was games, athletes, big regionals, athletes. And, and, um, and it, it went 
okay. Like it was my first competition, and and after that that competition, we kind of debriefed and we're like, we're gonna we're gonna make it to regionals and we're gonna make it to the games one day. And we just kind of sat over dinner and we talked about that and we just we just kind of wrote it down and said that that's gonna be that's gonna happen. And three months later, my brother passed away in an accident. Um, he was super passionate about taking photos and. He lived part-time in Switzerland, uh, going to hotel school there and was in the mountains um, shooting some pictures and, and, and slipped and fell down a mountain, um, like just a cliff with 200 meter free fall. Um, and I was at a competition uh, at that time as well. And uh, my mom called me in the middle of the night and told me the news. And, you know, from that day on, everything kind of changes in your life. Uh, nothing is really the same, and 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 some people they they handle this in in some way, and and some in other way. And I think the way I handle it was just it just made me even more not cold blooded, and but it just made me more focused on CrossFit more than ever. And and since we had created that bond in regards to CrossFit, and we had talked about regionals, and really set that goal. I just told myself that there's nothing that's going to stop me before I reach those goals. And, and anybody who knows me, like that was pretty much a turning point. And I've always been very serious about a lot of things, but after that happened, it, it became even more black and white things in my life. And, um, and so since that happened, I've just been super laser focused on it and, I had a lot of obstacles with injuries and and things like that, and <clears throat> I just just happy I never gave up and I kept coming. And in 2017, I was one spot from qualifying, and in 2018, I, I managed to qualify for regionals um, despite being super injured that whole year as well. And then, yeah, 2021, I qualified for my first individual CrossFit Games and. Felt like I just ticked all the boxes, uh, and and that just was a huge relief because when you set such like square goals, and you have decided that no matter what you're not gonna quit, if, you have to understand like if, if you don't make it, then that's something that I would always remember the rest of my life, and you never know what can happen in life. You could keep not making it for various reasons, not being fit enough, or injury or sickness or something like that so when i 2021 qualified it was just a huge relief for myself and for my family and my fiance and everyone was like wow like we did it thank god like that had been like seven years of really grinding and it'd been tough and but it was just amazing to 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 realize that dream and that goal and that promise back and think how blessed lucky whatever you want to call it you qualified for the last regionals they ever had right exactly and that was one of the goals that you had made with your brother and you make it in the last year they ever have them and then yeah and you said even super injured you made it so that check that one yeah. off and then and then comes the games in 2020 you had to feel so frustrated with the way everything was going and losing your opportunities um but then in 2021 it, it all came to fruition 
Uh, it's yeah. just such a cool story. It's just amazing when it works out because not, you you never guaranteed anything in life, right? Anything can happen, and and so when it does work out, it's just it's just amazing, and you have to just be so appreciative of it because everyone works hard, and all the other competitors make just as many sacrifices. They're just as focused and train just as hard, and they're just only a select few that gets to you know, to get that stamp on them with being a games athlete. And I'm just thankful that, that it worked out for me. And um, I hope there's going to be a lot more times where I'm going to continue to making it and hopefully make some, make some noise uh, every, every year from now. Yeah. Andre, tell us, walk us a little bit through um, your expectations of your performance in 2021 and, and sort of, end with whether you think you met those expectations or not for last year's games. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the first, the first and foremost goal was to qualify for the CrossFit Games. That was number one. And punching that ticket was, was a big relief, and it was really an incredible experience. Going from there into the CrossFit Games, I had set a goal of top 10. I had kind of set two goals. The first goal was top 10, and that was like my – my rigid goal that was my that was the pressure goal that's something i can't mm -hmm. really control and the other goal was you know to maximize my my opportunities at the games in terms of preparing well warming up properly have a nutrition strategy workout strategies and really just be in the zone for from start to finish and i didn't finish top 10 but i managed to hit the other goal which was that i felt i had a really good crossfit games experience i my nutrition was really good throughout the weekend. My body felt pretty good despite the volume throughout the weekend. And there was no nickels or anything like that. I was happy with the preparations I've done. I coached myself, which which is which has a lot of benefits, but also has a lot of um, challenges. And, and one of the challenges, of course, I've never prepared for the CrossFit Games before individually. And and I hadn't been swimming and I hadn't been doing a lot of those things. So, so of course, that was, it wasn't a lot of time to prepare. And it also wasn't a lot of time for me to make up a, a plan because I, despite I know what the, the events could be at the games and I had analyzed all the past years, it is just, you don't know exactly how you're going to handle the, the, a different training stimulus like this. And, how you build your weekly structure, ensuring you hit everything, but also maybe not trying to, but also maybe being okay with letting certain things go mm -hmm. uh, because it's difficult to prepare for everything. So I felt like I, I felt like it was a, a really successful CrossFit Games for me. It left me extremely hungry. Like after the final day, when I had the final dinner with my fiance and we kind of debriefed the competition, we were both like, we were not drained at all. Like we were just like, wow, we want to come back and we want to come back for way more than this. Mm -hmm. Like if we can finish 15 this year, like there's going to be way more in the tank. Um, and um, so, so I was super motivated to get back to training and my body felt good. And so, so it was, it was a good experience. It was good first year experience. And I, like I just lack a lot of capacity. I lack a lot of fitness, it, and 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 I think that's just what stands between me and finishing higher in that leaderboard. It wasn't any 
and it usually isn't any executional mistakes or pressure or stomach or nerves or you know feeling nervous being next to the big guys or like it, it's it's just usually not those things and, and i think it's because of american football i feel like that was a much higher pressure sport um where you really have to deliver if you don't get that guy as the safety you know you're the final you're the final man standing if anybody gets past you they're going to score that's how it is on every play. If you're at the long snapper and the ball doesn't sit perfectly in the middle of the hands on the punter or the the holder for the field goal, like that's your fault and that can lose the game. So I, I felt like physically or mentally, those are never the, the obstacles. It's just it's just physical fitness and mm-hmm. it just takes well, that, time. <clears throat> that's good. That's good though, right? I mean a lot of people are physically there and what's between their head between their ears is what's sort of holding them back. So the fact that you feel like that piece of it is dialed in for you and sort of mature um, is great news because your fitness, you can always, you know, get fitter. (laughs) That's, that's sort of an easy formula for you. What kind of things have you done differently this year to prepare? Do you have a coach? Are you, are you changing up the way you, the way you do things clearly, you know, something has to, you, you want to improve in certain ways. What have you done to try to do that? So I've coached myself again this year. So since 2020, I've been coaching myself. So it's been two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I've done differently specifically going into this season is that I focused a lot more improving my ability to do mixed modal workouts. So typical classic CrossFit workouts chippers and wraps exactly that i felt like that was one of the things that you know if i could finish five spots higher in each workout of the crossfit games where there was like a typical crossfit workout which is like nine out of 15 events essentially then i think that would be the that's where i felt i could move the higher up the leaderboard even though i i also didn't do that well in running and swimming that's only a few events and i've and I'm also realistic. I know I can improve everything. And making it right. to the CrossFit Games, regardless how good you are, is just a nail-biter. It is so difficult. And you see so many te- like amazing athletes and veterans who don't make the cut this year, who didn't make the cut this year. Right. And I wanted to make sure, first of all, that I made that cut. So I actually haven't been preparing much for outdoor events, running and swimming. Um, I've been focusing a lot more on continuing to improve my just general CrossFit, like my ability to just do those typical couplets and triplets and mixing things. And in the past, I've done a lot of isolation work and trying to improve my capacity in each of the different domains uh, separately. But it didn't feel that it had too, it didn't have enough transfer as soon as I mixed it. And, um, and that's what I've done this year. And, and that's also what saved me at the semifinals is that I was able to score high when it was typical echo bike and thrusters and burpees and ring muscle ups and power snatches and pistols rather than a triple three type of event. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's one of the things. And the second thing is that I tried to push my strengths even further. I wanted to try to, I think a typical strategy for a lot of the athletes is that they look at where they finish lowest and where they finish highest. And then they sort of stop working on the things that they finished highest in and they 
put a lot more focus into where they finished lowest. And I've tried to put as much time into where I finished higher on the leaderboard because I want to make sure I can capitalize on those events. Uh, so when weightlifting or sprint or something fast and heavy, um, those are the events that I feel that I would be typically better at or that's what I've been better at in the past. And I want to make sure that I can continue to do well at those events. Just like you have a Guillermo's, you know, he's a podium contender because he can win three, four events. And then as long as he doesn't get bottom finishes in any, but he can stay average. If he wins four events and he gets, you know, top 20 in the rest, there's a big chance he will win the CrossFit Games. And I, I feel that I am also more power-based um, or perhaps just uh, feels more natural to me. So I've tried to put more time into that uh, for this season and going forward in the next couple of seasons, I have some different plans on how I'm going to maximize my opportunities at the CrossFit Games uh, in the future. So this year, a lot more preparations in terms of mixed modal. And in the future, it's a, it's going to be a different strategy from this summer and onwards. So you mean we have to talk to you again after the games then to get the scoop on that? Yeah, I, I have some, okay. some plans for next year, which, uh, which is going to be quite different uh, to what I think a lot of people would expect. Awesome. Um, but that's, that's to set myself up for, for bigger success in the 224 season. Mm -hmm. So I hope, uh, hope that plan maps out. I love it. You've been you've been actually compared to Guy um, in your beautiful weightlifting technique. Did you where where did you learn that? Because it's gorgeous. <laughs> um, I, I had a good coach in the beginning who uh, who helped me a lot with weightlifting, and we we just kind of try to focus on those things. And in the beginning, I also the first year I didn't do any cardio. Essentially, I just focused on trying to learn all the skills, make sure I could do them all as perfect as possible. Um, so before I mixed anything, you know, I made sure I could do fifteen perfect ring muscle ups and perfect toes to bars and good handstand walk, and I could snatch, you know, a solid weight. I could clean and jerk good weight at a good technique. And then only then I started working on, on the rest. So I feel like it just comes from the beginning. I, I, I don't do, like I, I do each of the lift once a week. And, um, and that feels plenty. Um, mm -hmm. But I've always been super deliberate in, in, in the practice elements of the training because uh, I felt like that was the easiest points to, it's much easier to improve on. Like I love the grunt work as well, for sure. I love, intervals and echo bike and you know d-ball cleans and that kind of stuff the stuff that hurts but i also know that you can move the barrier of progress through two types of uh training and one is one is essentially through like physical adaptations you know you keep back squatting your legs will get stronger your nervous system will get more adapted to heavier loads the other way to, to move performance is through this kind of practice model where if you can improve your efficiency in movements such as a ring muscle up or a snatch, you can also move the weight. So essentially those two models, the result is performance increased, but one taxes you a lot and one doesn't tax you a lot. So I found that just if I could focus on both of them for all the things, then that's been the best way to to keep improving so 
in terms of the weightlifting, I've just really paid a lot of attention to the practice element because that didn't really require any um, physical adaptations. That was just practice. And from all other sports that I've done in the past or most other sports is that they're, the practice element is much bigger than the mm, physical adaptation element. So, you know, if you're a tennis player, you'll most likely spend the majority of the time practicing getting better at serving, your forehand, your backhand, your slice, all those things, and not as much time in running intervals on the, on the tennis court. Where one thing improves your engine, the other thing improves your skill. And even more so in golf, but even in basketball, they need to be physically conditioned. But there's no doubt if you're if you're technically the most efficient player on the team, then you will most likely be one of the best. And even though our sport at the elite level is more capacity driven because everyone is already so skilled, there is just still a, a skill element that takes a lot of practice that I think maybe a lot of people neglect. As watching you as an athlete, I think you're more geared to be a games athlete than like a regional semifinal athlete. And I want to say, being a football player, you spend a lot of time on turf, a lot of time on fields. Does that help you with the CrossFit Games being outdoors for a, a good majority of the event? Good question. Like last year, we didn't really have any like field sprints or sled pushes and not that I've been doing a ton of that. Um, I do it now once a week leading up to the CrossFit Games. Mostly also just to not pull a hamstring or so something like that during the CrossFit Games because, you know, sprinting and change of direction and all those things, it, it, requires some, it requires some adaptability and it takes some time to get used to, you know, running at full speed and cutting corners and all those kind of things. So I don't know, like... I environment doesn't really it's again one of those things that it never really plays too much of a factor i i'm just again i, I i'm definitely not the most physically gifted uh, athlete on the field and i am definitely not the one with the most capacity i hope that i one day will be no doubt about that but i think i'm very adaptable um whether it's warm or cold or raining or we're outside or inside or there's music and no music or I'm against 30 others or I'm alone. I, I've just always told myself that I can't rely on any of those things. So I don't really care about them and I don't really pay. I don't really give it any thought either. And, and so I try to just narrow down all my energy to, to what I need to do. And, and, and so being outside or inside, I don't, I, I don't really think about it to be honest was it for you to make the cut in your first year to experience the full weekend it was amazing like it, it just was it, it felt natural it felt nice to be there it felt good to be there with the other athletes it's somehow a lot less stressful than a semi-final and a lot less intense it felt like at the crossfit games everyone had this kind of calmness around about them it was like it's been a long season. It's very difficult to make it to the CrossFit Games. Even for the guys who will win it, it's just super difficult to get there. And all the different stages and the focus that you've been able to put in since February onwards, it just felt like everyone was like just 
calm and oh, sorry. And um, yeah, everyone kind of looked eye to eye and everyone respected each other. And I feel like at the semifinal, everyone respects each other as well. But it's much more like cutthroat. Like you're there to take the others out. And they're mm -hmm. there to take all the opportunity away from you. And at the CrossFit Games, and please don't, I don't want this to sound like I was just, because I, I wasn't there just to participate at all. <clears throat> but there was just, there was different vibes. People weren't as, everyone was talking and, and having a chatter and a good vibes. And, you know, we were out for athlete dinner and like Brent Fikowski is giving tips to the younger athletes and everyone's chatting and borrowing each other's grips and chalking giving chalk to each other and like it was just nothing like what i expected i thought you know like my former coach he had trained me to be like nobody hears your friends you can have all the friends you want to have in the world but these guys they're here to take everything everything away from you so i was a little bit coming into it like i don't know with a more like a, like a bit of distance but i realized that it was also just kind of pointless to have that distance it's not a contact sport, you know, it's, it doesn't matter if they fear you, they don't fear you. Like you're in your lane, they're in their lane. You know what you need to do. And I know I am not, I wasn't last year good enough to be in a stage where I can worry about the others. Mm -hmm. I can't be Pat Vellner where I flip the pick and I look around and I'm ahead of everyone and I will pace it based on that. I'm not at that stage and I know that. I need to just stick to my strategy, stay focused, and finish every event strong. And that's, you know, that's the only thing I can do. So, yeah. So back to the question. It, it was just an amazing experience. It was, uh, but somehow it wasn't that pressured. Uh, it was just, and and the further you made it, the more relaxed it almost got. Um, <laughs> because everyone was like, "Wow, we made the cut," uh, but. Yeah, I never really thought about it too much with the cut. I also was lucky to be not close to the cut line at any stage um, of what I remember, at least. So, so there was never really that that thought going into my head. It was just kind of one event at a time and do what you can and, yeah, really make sure to finish strong because I realized that was one of the things that I collected the most points on last year. The last, like... 10 meters of the workout and a lot of the work in a, or the last rep or jumping over the bar and running in that was i got like three four spots every time because i just send it in the end and um and yeah i was really surprised about that i was you know because you're at the crossfit games and you're you're imagining everyone just yeah like first time i saw justin Medeiros, i knew that he was gonna be a potential champion like, I had no doubt. I was against him in, in Ireland at Filthy 150. And this guy was sliding over the finish line. No matter if he was in first or in last, it didn't matter what the event was. He flew across the finish line with a slide technique every time. And I was like, that's the attitude that a champion will have. Like, that's, that's the hungry dog mentality. and um. And that's what I try to carry with me for, for the CrossFit Games last year and in every event that I do. You said a couple of things. So my, a follow-up to that was, 
because you got to do the full weekend and you coach yourself, that gave you more data points to be able to plan for this year, Yeah, which are invaluable. But you also said, I don't think I was near the cut line. If I remember, was the weekend a blur as well? Not really. It's like when you're competition, you're so focused on just doing the workouts, which means like you do a workout, you finish that, you're, you know, you need to hydrate, you need to get as much carbs in, as much food in, like you have a full schedule plan. And because you don't know all the events and they're often announced as they come, you have to constantly like, all right, that workout, okay, I'm going to warm up like this. I'm going to, this is my strategy. This is what I'm going to do. And then, you know, the next event starts and, and you kind of just, the days are running through like that. So I don't know if it was a blur, but it was just, it's just really intense in that sense. Um, because you can easily get distracted or, you know, enjoy the moment a bit too much. And then you, you haven't gotten enough carbs in and by day four, <laughs> you're going to be tired and you didn't get your nap in or you didn't strategize enough for that event. And actually coaching myself, it almost felt like a benefit because <clears throat> I saw that it was difficult for the coaches to be at hand all the time. Half the time, the coaches weren't with the athletes. So when an event gets announced to the athletes, everyone is grabbing their phone, calling their coach, texting them back and forth. Like, this is the event. What do you want? What should I do? And there was such, I felt if it was myself that had to do it, that would stress me out a lot because the coach wasn't there for the briefing. They wouldn't be able to see the floor plan, the workout. All these elements, they play a factor in how the event will be executed and all those things. And I just, it felt like such a strength that I am used to coaching myself and I'm used to making all decisions for strategy, for warm-ups, for everything. So I could just sit it with my sit with it for myself. And that uh that was just somehow a really nice and calming feeling like. I know what to do. I usually coach myself. I, I usually make strategies myself. I like, there's no difference. And I don't need to stress about that two hours before the next event. That's plenty. Um, and um, so, so that felt like a really, really actually benefit to have. I'm not saying like, if there was a dream coach out there that I was like, I wish, I wish I, there was someone that I fought would be the perfect fit for me because then I would definitely use them. I think having a coach is always superior, no doubt, but it has to be the perfect person for the job. And we are still a really new sport and I, and I haven't discovered that person yet. Um, and who knows, maybe it changes. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so that's interesting. I like that you, you know, you're, you're saying that definitely coach is probably better than not having a coach in the long run, assuming you can find the perfect person. And I think a lot of athletes don't find that perfect person. Um, but I love the perspective of, you know, everyone else panicking and having to rely on their coach to tell them what to do when you're just sitting back going, okay, what do we do? You know, I don't have to rely on anyone else to do that. That's a no. really uh, interesting benefit that I hadn't considered before. So I like yeah, and, that. and it's funny because Spencer Pancheck said the exact same thing. You know, he okay. coached himself for 10 years and oh. the both Pancheck twins, they just worked out together and now they have coaches, but they had, they have 10 years of experience of coaching themselves. So when that stuff happens at an event, 
they don't panic because they've been there before. And you'll yeah. always have that. You always have this period where you did it yourself. I also feel one of the things that I, re I realized at, at the semifinal this year was that sometimes it's better to not talk too much about the things um, that are going to happen or did happen. Sometimes it's better to just put them in a little box and then save them for later. Uh, because I felt that in the past I could get really fatigued like cognitively and, and that would affect my decision-making, my ability to really push to my absolute maximum if I felt drained in my head. And with a big competition like that, you know, you can quickly talk too much about the event that's going to happen and you visualize the event over and over and over again and the warm-up strategy. And then when the event is done, you talk about the event again with your manager and your team and your coach. And, and all this conversation, it's just... For me, that has, to, that's a, it has to have to happen before the competition. Now, the games is a little bit more difficult because we don't know the events in advance. But once I tried to, once I've made a strategy for an event and I fought it through, I put it in my book and I just closed that book. And until I start warming up for that specific event, I don't want to think about it and I want to talk about it. And once the event is done, I will debrief that event. I will rate it from one to 10 physical performance. Like did I follow my strategy Did I execute it well? And then I will do a mental performance, which is like body language from one to 10 and internal language. Mm -hmm. And once I've done that, then that, then that event is, is finished. And I can always go back and okay, I finished 37 from that event. I bombed it. We need to fix that next season. But I feel like by doing that, it's just, the competition becomes much more easy because you don't, you bomb the event, you won the event, it doesn't matter. You just, you, you do it, you review, you finish it, you move on to the next. And in between that time, all of a sudden, two hours feels like a great relaxation period. You can watch Netflix, go for a walk, chit chat, relax, you know, all those kind of things. But if you spend the first hour after, because you also have to cool down, you also have to fuel, maybe you get some massage. Then you also talk about the events, you know, before you know it, you're starting warming up again. And you haven't really, you haven't been able to perform that wave. You just, you one wave that's building on, on top of another. And by the time you've done six, seven events, it's just at least for myself, you, you just shot mentally. Uh, and, and, and then the, the mind always stops the body first. Like you can be sore and beat up, but if the headspace is there, you can really push your body far beyond anything like but when the when the mind is tired like the body just won't cooperate that's at least in, in my ex experience yeah how old are you andre uh, 27 27 28, sorry, 28 in so in another 10 years do you see yourself coaching perhaps because if i'm still alive i would like you to be my coach <laughs> you've got some great strategies yeah like um, I love coaching. I actually, I love coaching before I love the alpha style. Um, and, um, and yeah, that, that's going to be my life afterwards. And actually the, the most difficult part is, is, is not letting that side take over uh, because I really love that part of, of CrossFit and of training. And, and, and I want to build the, the absolute best coaching um organization there is within this in within this sport um, that's 100 my goal long term 
-hmm. but I also know that, you know, I, I need to maximize my, my, my athletic youth. And even though I'm 28 and, you know, in some people's eyes, that's like, oh, wow, you, you're one of the, you're, you know, you're on the end. I can honestly tell you that I feel like I'm at the beginning and, and I'm not saying that just to say that, like, I, I genuinely feel that the way I've been training the past two and a half years is nothing like I've ever done before. I do tons of bodybuilding stuff. I have a full gym. This is my office I'm sitting in right now. Uh, where we have a whole team that helps me manage the, the coaching organization. And right next to me, I have a 150 square meter gym where, which half, half of it is a bodybuilding gym. So we have a lot of equipment and that equipment allows me to put a lot less stress on the joints in terms of all the strength work. So I really feel that my, my, my body feels like, I just feel that it's only starting like only last year, I back squatted 200 for the first time. That's a number that most of the guys have been back squatting for many years. And, mm -hmm. and I feel like, just all of those things are only just starting to come along. Like I haven't even tried running a lot yet. And, and I feel just that the benefit of being 28, there's, there's a lot of benefits with that. I'm getting married. I'm having my first kid in a few weeks and I'm settled. Oh. I live in a country. I'm, I, I'm, I'm really settled in my life. I know what I want to do the next 50 years. I have the gym inside my house. I have the office inside my house. Uh, my whole life is absolutely structured to maximize time so that I can do, you know, three things. And that's one, be a good dad and a good husband. And second, be a good athlete. And third, be a good coach and, and build this organization. So, um, so, so I feel like even though 28 for some people, I know there's 20 years, 20 year old guys who are killing it. And it's, it's amazing to see such young athletes that are so talented. But I always try to tell the athletes that I've worked with in the past who are also in that age, 28, and they feel like they're getting old. It's that it doesn't really matter what age you're at right now. Like if somebody is 18 and coming up and pushing your level, well, that's okay. Like they haven't beaten you yet. Like you're going to continue to get better. So you continue to get better. They're not going to catch you. By the time you stop, yes, they will catch you. But you've done, you're done by then. So it doesn't really matter what age you're at until, you know, you decide to, to stop. Like Pat Vellner could be continuing to still be, you know, top three male and being 37 and there's somebody being 20. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Like, do you see my, my logic with that? Yeah, Like sure. we're, we're all competing sure. in the same category. So essentially it doesn't really matter if, how old or young you are and the thing the young the young athletes maybe will have more problems with is like things I already been through. Are they going to take an education? Yes or no? If yes, can they handle that distraction? Where are they going to live? Are they supported? Are they sponsored? Or you know all of those things that will happen in those twenty in the twenties. Will you have a girlfriend, a boyfriend? You want to have a family, or what are you doing to invest for your future? All those things can. Be a big stressor for you if you don't if you're just gonna punch the athlete lifestyle and i i encourage people 100 to do it but i think there can be something in the back of your head it's like if you don't want to coach after that then i would at least be quite a uh, afraid of of pursuing the athlete lifestyle i'm i can go all in on the athlete lifestyle because i know that it just makes me such much better coach for the future 
And I know as soon as the day I hang up my Metcons, you know, then I can go all in on the coaching and it's right there waiting for me. But it will wait for me no matter if I'm going to be 35 or 40. It doesn't matter. It will always be there ready to for the next step. You dropped a ton of nuggets in that. Um, I know, I was going to say. a lot to unpack. Whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> um, but first, let's plug your training program. It is No Shortcuts Training. Yeah. Um, you can go to andrehuday.com and check all that out. So if you're interested in getting with Andre about any of that stuff, that is the website you go to. Um, make sure we get that out there real quick. Actually, that then website, drop- I, I, sorry, I, I actually don't use that website anymore. So right now it's just through the Instagram. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, but. <laughs> Heard it from the man. But thank you. Heard it from, um, and then you drop married baby and all of that. <laughs> right. So so you say you have a fiance. When, when's the wedding? Well, the wedding has been, has been, uh, been kind of postponed for some time now, but uh, the plan is next summer for sure. Um, Okay. So, so, so that's, that's the plan because now we're having a baby and actually that's like, I've, we have been dreaming of this for, for many years. So we're super, super excited for it. Um, the only challenge that will be is that the, the due date is the 23rd of July. Oh. And so, and I'm not going to miss the birth of my first baby. There's yeah. no way, no, no event is bigger than that. And right now I have my flight tickets for the 30th of July. So we are no late babies. crossing fingers yes. that that baby will come before that. So, um, so I really hope that will happen. If not, I need to contact CrossFit HQ and hear what happens if I don't show up for, for check-in. Can I show up yeah. for game day and, and still be eligible to compete? Or, or how does that work? Um, we have to see. You know, I... I kind of want to have everything in life and uh, I've already gotten a lot of it and I'm very grateful for that. So I try not to stress too much if, if it wasn't going to work out this year for, for that reason, that would definitely be a, a tough hit, but having a baby girl is definitely bigger than that. So, and there's so many more years to come for me. So I really hope that it, it works out and she gives birth before, um, but let's see. Let's see what happens. It's it's gonna be a pretty crazy next few weeks. That's for sure. Did your fiance do CrossFit? Yeah, or she, does she do CrossFit? We met through CrossFit, and she's been on the weightlifting seminar staff, and she's also been to regionals. She's she's been the person that's been with me to every single competition ever. So she was okay. the only. It's the first time she didn't come for a competition. Was the semifinals this year. I'm just suggesting that maybe she should start like, you know, squat cleaning or something towards the end of July to just we're, get we're doing moving like, a little bit. Good. We're doing everything like acupuncture <laughs> and like all like, yeah, she's jumping on a trampoline every day and walking <laughs> tons and like, good, we good, have, good. We, we have seen like, tons of advice for that. So we're cross fingers. Girls, girls tend to come on time. Boys are the ones that are usually late. So we'll, we'll see. Hopefully that will be good. the case. Yeah. Hopefully, Those are prompt. I had a one of the coaches at the gym where I worked at several years ago. Her water broke during a squat clean workout wow. at the gym. So it was really cool. Yeah. Well, so that's why I say squat cleans. It's a good plan. <laughs> it's the formula. I'll let her know. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. Now, is she going to have help? Obviously, because you'll be yeah. 
baby's coming, you're leaving, she's going to be there. Who's going to yeah. get your coach's pass? So that's a, that's an interesting guy. Um, it's a guy I kind of wanted to work with for some time. Uh, like I want him to work with me on in no, no shortcuts training. Uh-huh. He's the same age as me and he's, he's a really ambitious coach. Um, he, he has like something special. He's, He's not from Denmark. He's from Czech or from Poland. And I got connected with him when he moved to Denmark through through a friend of ours. And we've been meeting up like every third month, just talking about programming and coaching. And yeah, he's he's a super super interesting guy. So so I, I asked him if he wanted to come, and we have a, he has a good vibe, and he will understand what it's about. Like I don't need much help with it's it's mostly I need somebody to be there. I need a companion. I need somebody. Yeah who can, like at the CrossFit Games, for example, you have a, all your bags with you and you can't bring all your bags to when you go to one arena and you need to have your coach bring one back to the other. And there's tons of things. And I thought about doing it all myself, but that was going to be something that could affect performance. And I didn't want to ha- have that. And so, and I also ha- hate asking favors. So I also thought of him because I knew it would be such a, a good experience for him learning. His dream is to work with, you know, the best athletes in the world. And I think he definitely has like talent, the drive, and he's on his way to, to be a coach that I would dream to work with one day if I were younger and I had met him at that stage. Yeah. And uh, so, so I saw there could be a super good mutual um, benefit from the trip. So I offered him that my company would cover his flights and hotel. And then I would need him to, to help me with the things I would need. And he could get the experience of being backstage as a coach at the games and build a network with the other coaches. And I mean, like you're an aspiring young coach and you can stand with Ben Bergeron and Yami Tikkanen and Fraser and all those guys backstage. That's, I thought that would be a pretty cool uh, experience. And and he was, he was on board right away. So, so I'm really looking forward to travel with him for, for that trip. And my fiance would definitely be the best person. And she knows me like nobody else. And, and, uh, but, for, for this trip, it's not going to work out. So you mentioned Metcons. You just signed an extension on your Nike deal a couple weeks ago. And congrats. so congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's pretty exciting. Like I, since 2008, at 2018 regional, somebody introduced me to the guy who was in charge of the Nike uh, European branch. And, um, and I, I, since then, I got his email. I had just been sending him emails like every third month since 2018, and um, and they were really supportive. Since then, they they always send me like care packages every time I send them an email. But I wanted to have a sponsorship with them, um, and 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 so I kept sending them. You know, what does it require? Like, do I need to win a competition? Do I need to the games? Do I need to beat other Nike athletes? Like, do I need to have 100,000 followers? What do I need to do? And um, they kept kind of, they couldn't really tell me what it was. And I, and I kept asking. And every time they kind of just stalled me by just sending a care package. And, you know, and uh, and then before the, the, semi, the semifinals last year, I sent them in, I said, this is my final email. Um, either you tell me that, you know, I'm too ugly. I'm not tall enough, or 
I haven't done enough. I just don't fit the profile or, or you tell me what it is that I need to do. And if I can't be told this, then hundred percent. Okay. Then I will not wearing your stuff anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And of course they don't care if I wear their stuff or not, but I did. I wanted to, you know, my dream was always to work with them. And I wanted to know if I needed to let go of that dream. Cause it was also just, I was struggling being patient. Like I've been patient for two and a half years and, and I also hadn't done anything great, but I would love to get the tiniest deal before I would do something great because I wanted to show them that if they believe in me, I was going to deliver. Anyways, they said uh, they're going through reconstruction, blah, blah, blah. It's so they would get back to me in six months, <laughs> but they would be happy to send me clothes for the season. And I said, no problem. No, thank you. Um, i I don't doesn't it's for me it's not about the clothes it's pen on paper for me that's what matters no matter how small or big a deal is and I I also said I understand I don't have anything to flex with to get a big deal nothing (laughs) but I I I I will promise that I will deliver um and anyways uh since I sent that last email of like then never mind uh well, then five days later, I got a like, direct message on my phone. Like, we have a contract for you if you want it. And three days wow. later, I went to the semifinals and I qualified for the games. And it was just like everything just came together. Uh, you know, they gave me the deal. I delivered. And it just felt like it was amazing. So I'm super happy to this year to, to get a, a bigger deal. And to, again, I also signed, I assigned my extension before the semifinals. Uh, which I was also happy with because I didn't. Mm-hmm. It's just it feels like they believe more in you when when you sure. sign it before you have punched a ticket, and it always doesn't come down to that. Um, but they're amazing to work with, and I mean, Nike is the number one Huge. sports brand in the world. And whenever somebody here don't they don't understand what I do with CrossFit, you know, if I say I'm sponsored by Nike, they're like, oh, legit, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's pretty legit. Um, so, so that's super cool. Well, I know we've just come up on the hour, uh, Andre, and I have so much more to ask you, but I want to respect your time, but we did have a listener jump in with a few questions, just quick hitters. And cool. we'll, uh, we'll hit a couple of those and then let you go. Yeah. I think the easiest one to do, Scott, is probably just, can you give us just a quick, like, what does an average Monday look like for you? Yeah. Um, well, on Mondays and Fridays, I have the team that works for me with no shortcuts training come and work. So we have one person who takes care of individualized clients. So when we get individualized client inquiries, we send them to him and he sits at the office and programs and uses our mythology and gets to um, some sparring with me with the clients. And then we have a content creator who is in charge of the creative stuff instagram um making like coming up with ideas for videos and such and so they come in the morning we sit for an hour and we we chit chat about what's going to happen in the day and we all train at 10 o'clock uh right now we're not doing all the same stuff but usually we would be doing the same stuff so we'd be training together then there's lunch then at we work again some some time Typically, I will either nap. On Mondays, I usually don't nap when they're there. I could be if I wanted to because training is number one priority and they understand that. And so it's not like 
your boss goes to bed and you're at work it, it's like <laughs> like i try not to do it when they're there but i i know that if i need to do it i i will do it because i need to prioritize training and then i'll train again at three o'clock until five six p.m and then dinner and then I do recovering modalities after dinner. I have these boots, like Norma Tech boots that I put on or stretch or other things that just makes my body feel good. And I mean, that's a pretty quick recap of, you know, what happens in the day and it, it, it can be a lot more detailed, but that that's pretty much in rough terms what it is. Yeah. Do you, are you a Thursday, Sunday recovery guy? Uh, Sunday I recover. Yeah. So Sunday I take care of, I, I rest completely to spend more time with my fiance, A, and B. I also do it so that I can meal prep, like my main meal, my snack, wash all my clothes. I take care of all like house chores, like uh, for example, like cut the grass and- Oh yeah, what are your grow. house chores? What kind of house chores do you have? Um, well, well, right now I do a little bit more than I, I usually do because my, my wife is about to give birth. So I've told sure. her, you know, of course I will, I will help as much as, as needed. And so she can tell us what are the typical Andre duties? So we have a heating system that's heated on these like small wooden, uh, tablets. So I need mm -hmm. to fill in like 80 kilos of that every, every Sunday. I need to clean the heating system every second week. So it's like, yeah, that takes some time. Mm -hmm. I wash all my clothes. I obviously train a lot. So I have a lot of washing. So it's like two full washings and then folding all my clothes and putting it back. I meal prep for five days, like main meals. And then I meal prep also these like snacks. So I make these like date balls that dates and oats. They also take quite some bit of time. We have a, a huge garden, so I cut the grass there. Uh, I get groceries, um, and we just buy groceries once a week. So when we get groceries, it's it's pretty serious. A big haul, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Um, Do you bring all the bags in one trip? Yeah. Okay. You know, that's, that's how it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Every time I get groceries, they're like, you're gonna carry all that. I'm like, I'm not yes. gonna walk to. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I clean the gym and I clean the office. So I vacuum the whole gym. If the floor is very dirty, I'll wash it as well. Every second week, I also wipe off all the machines and surfaces and then the tables in here and vacuum clean here and just those kind of things. So the day passes by pretty quickly. And then I try okay. to really just spend time and downtime with, with, with the family and we go to the beach and go for a walk with our dog or jump in the ocean or something like that. Nice. So last question, and we'll let you get out of here is what was the CrossFit movement you struggled with the most when you first started? Uh, that was double unders. It felt so mm. stupid that that was the problem <laughs> because all the other things, they just clicked super quickly. Uh, but double unders, which, and I, it frustrated me so much because I couldn't really, understand why i would struggle with it it's not i i could just couldn't string big sets um so so that was this the, the thing that took me the longest but the rest came came pretty quickly i would say would you would you get tired or would you just trip up i would just trip up wouldn't really understand why like yeah. but um i kept filming I myself and watching to, <laughs> yeah okay yeah i have to stop <laughs> i can't but, go uh, anymore yeah. Well, Andre, I can't, 
I can't express enough how much fun this hour has been. I'm so glad we did this. Yeah. Um, this has been awesome. I, I'm so glad I got to know you better. Um, good luck with the pregnancy. Let's hope for a speedy delivery. 23rd. Let's go. Um, yeah. And then we'll get you to Madison where we can root you on. And hopefully Kat and I will be there in person yeah. to do that. Nice. Um, and you guys going we'll, we'll to be there at the games? We're, we're hoping. We're, we're Again, hoping. fingers crossed. <laughs> we're Let's, waiting on uh, our credentials. Why... Ah, we're waiting okay. on our media credentials. So You can just say you work yeah. for me if you want. There you go. Hey, that'll, yeah. that'll be our next email. Thank you. We'll, we'll work on yeah. that. All right. I'm happy take, to send I'll take all the pictures. Cool. <laughs> You're the best. Well, thank you so much, Andre. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.